everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Luck. I'm along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers here at The Athletic. And we are sitting here on July 4th. We've just watched the Road America NASCAR race. Uh, the first time that's happened on July 4th. You know, it's funny, Jordan. I, all this time, uh, up until this week, for some reason, I was thinking, oh, you know, inaugural cup race at road America. And then everybody's like, Oh, first one since 1956. Oh, I, I, for some, all I to like, completely miss that. But, uh, obviously you weren't around then you're, you're forgiven. <laughs> I wasn't, you weren't chase Elliott wasn't. And, uh, but it, it sure looked like he was because he quickly mastered the track. Another road course win for chase Elliott, number seven of his career, third on the all time list, Jordan, he's done it again. Yeah, I got a question for you. What's least surprising, Chase Elliott winning on a road course or a Hendrick Carr <laughs> winning? Because it just seems like both these things happen all of the time lately. Chase had his issues in qualifying, really kind of some bad luck. He tried to make two runs. Um, the caution came out during his run to, to, to stop the action, and he ends up starting in the back, and you're thinking, well, it's going to be hard to pass and everything. But Road America is one of those tracks where you, you can work your way up, and he did a good job of managing the race. and. This wasn't the craziness I was expecting. Uh, I'm curious what you thought. What what were your expectations going into this race? Because I didn't think it was a bad race. Um, I I just thought it was going to be a little bit more crazier, if that makes sense. A lot of carnage, a lot of beating and banging, kind of like we typically see in the Xfinity Series race. Yeah, well, first of all, I think to answer your initial question, I think that it's it's less surprising that a Hendrick car won just because they seem to do so in every way lately. And, you know, Elliott... Um, it's not like he, you know, yes, he's, he's Elliot, he's the road course master, so to speak, but, um, he hasn't necessarily been the top guy every road course this season. I mean, Christopher Bell won at Daytona. Kyle Larson was going to win at Coda, which Elliot ended up winning. Um, you have Sonoma in there, of course, but my point is, um, you know, I, I think it's more, it's, it's every week Hendrick right now. I, I don't know how they do it. It's just. Like Larson today, right? Finishes 16th or whatever. And you're like, wow. I mean, if Larson's going to have a bad day, you would, you would think, oh boy, this could be really bad for. Uh, and it's not like he had a. I mean, he was up there, but yeah. um, he once he spun, his tires went away. Um, but he was still just going to run top five, probably, which for him is not. You know, he's, he's lost three races in a row now. But, you know, my point is like, oh, you, you'd think, you know, maybe Hendrick isn't going to win. Um, but they just find another way to do it. They just have the next guy up, just like. It was with with Bowman at Pocono when um, you know last week when when Larson had his trouble on the last lap. So yeah, I think that's you know. But but as far as the race, uh, yeah, I definitely you know Fourth of July I expected the fireworks like everybody was sort of building up and hyping it up and wow this is going to be you know another crazy road course race. But then you think about it and you know such a long long course four mile course or whatever they get so strung out and you know I. I Anytime you have uh, tire wear as part of it, um, I think that that where you got where you have to have guys manage their tires on a long course, that can really stretch things out because guys cannot be quite as aggressive, and they're thinking to themselves, "All right, you know, do I really need to stick it into this corner here, or should I just try to wait and see if this guy burns off his tires in front of me and then make a pass?" You know what I'm saying? So no, I hear you. I, I think that 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 might actually reduce the action, even though it's better for it's better to see comers and goers type thing. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, you know, to me, you know, like, like so many of these races lately, it was a race. Um, I don't know that it was a, a bad race. I, I don't necessarily think it was 
a great race, but it was, it was fine. It was something for people to do on the afternoon of July 4th. Now they're going to go watch fireworks. Obviously. I mean, neither of us were there at road America, but from everything we can tell, whether it's TV or social media, people had a great time, big turnout, high enthusiasm. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that was really a hundred thousand. I mean, they were saying there were, there was a hundred thousand, um, there had been a hundred thousand throughout the weekend so far, and they were expecting this to be the big day of it. So yeah, but yes, sure. 70, 80,000, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's what they, they said going into the weekend. I think they said, they said that it was going to be, um, like 170,000 or something over three days. They, it was, they, you know how they do it. Just, they kind of stretch the definition a little bit, but I get it. It still doesn't matter. Large crowd, high enthusiasm. Yeah. Clearly it's going to be back. You know what it's I mean? It's a great like, fit. It's, it's going to be the new 4th, 4th of July, July tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love all that. You know, the one thing I, I know, I, I don't know why I didn't really think about this before, but I heard it today on both AJ Allmendinger's radio and Austin Sindrick's radio in that they were both reminded a couple of times of be careful with these cars. They're not composite bodies. So it really kind of clicked with me of, you know, thinking that we're going to see some of the aggressiveness and the banging and the beating that you typically see in the Xfinity series racing is going to carry over to the cup. There's a reason that some of these guys race like that in the Xfinity series, because they know that it's really easy to fix those cars compared to these. And I was wondering if that may have, have kind of factored into a little bit of, you know, these guys are a little bit more mindful of that, especially late because we had a, we had a late restart there. And I thought we had that late restart um, with, I, what was like 20 laps to go or thereabouts or somewhere in there. And I thought that was when all hell was going to break loose. Like this is when you're going to see like guys going three, four wide. Cause you had Blaney and Almirola on the front row. They really didn't have the best cars all day. They were just okay. And I thought that was when you just were going to see just chaos and it didn't materialize, but especially I, I on a narrow it, track because it, it wasn't a wide. Yeah. yeah. You could have one guy get spun and the whole field collects them and it's craziness and cautions breed caution, but it just, you know, it was one it of those things where, fun. yeah, it just, they sorted themselves out next time might be different. Um, doesn't change how I felt about the race. I mean, yeah. you know, again, it was it's fine. It was a yeah. race. Yeah. It's, some races are good. Some races are bad. This is, this was, I was, I was, I was, I didn't walk away from this, like up in arms going, Oh my goodness, never come back here again. This is, I was, this is perfectly acceptable. I hope this becomes a thing. It, it seems like the, the crowd was resonating. They were happy. It's a great fit. I, I'm fine with it. And not every race is going to be that amazing oh my god you know social media moment you're just not going to have that this was this was a perfectly acceptable road course race well i think the one thing that you you would might hear from people that i've seen on twitter already is this yeah. is an example of there there are too many road course races kind of thing like um this is there the the oversaturation is starting to be felt at this point a little bit with many more road course races still to come it feels like um you know, I, I see you frowning at that. What, what do you have to I, say? I, just, I don't agree. I, I understand that. But, I mean, what are you going to replace? It comes back to this point. You, so we take Road America away. We're going to go back to Chicago. I mean, we're forgetting how I mean, Chicago was not good. Yes, it had a couple of moments. But, really, the racing is not good there. And we, we want short tracks. Yes. But tell me where. Tell me where it's viable. And it's not. And, and I'm sorry. But I just – I. I don't know. I, I get frustrated with that comment over there's too many road courses. I mean, I'm not saying the whole schedule has to be filled up with them and everything. My beef with the road courses is, and it, it materialized today, and we saw it at Coda as well, another big track, is how NASCAR officiates these things a little bit. And then we had the one caution period. You timed it out. What was it, 22 minutes? 22 minutes, yeah. 22. That That's unacceptable. That For a car stuck in the gravel, you can't do that. That's, that's unacceptable. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And obviously it was, you know, the, the part of it that, that was, that sucked was, you know, they had to run it into, they had to run out the stage that way. So that took more on, you know, but, but like you're saying, it wasn't like a big accident they had to clean up. No. Um, and, and that's where, you know, NASCAR could start implementing the local cautions, especially on the wrong course, just leave it. He, nobody's going to hit him in the gravel at that point, leave him in the gravel until the stage break. He's, it's not a safety hazard. He's all the way at the back of the gravel. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, you, you, there, the NASCAR's reasoning for not having local yellows has been one, we're, we're afraid of safety vehicles on the track when there's racing. Okay. I understand that. The other argument is, is, well, we didn't really have many road course races. So our drivers aren't, um, um, familiar with road, you know, local yellows, that kind of thing. That to me, that excuse is out the window. I mean, you look at these guys, you know, whether it's Kyle Busch or Chase Elliott or Austin Dillon, a lot of these guys have ran other series where they use local yellows. Like, so they, they know these rules and it's not that hard to figure out. So I just feel like if you're going to have, you know, seven road course races on your schedule. You've got to find a little bit better way to manage it because again, at 22 minutes going without action on the track is inexcusable. It wasn't like there was a big wreck and there's cleanup or anything like that. You can understand why that, is happening but when you literally have a, a, a car stuck in the in the in the kitty litter and you're like oh we got to pull them out and we got to blow off the track like what are we what are we doing here i mean it, it just you can't have it going back to your earlier point too not to jump around but i, I did want to address this because it, it made me think of something when we were talking about the oversaturation of road courses perhaps it's the oversaturation oversaturation of Hendrick drivers dominating on road courses <laughs> that makes people feel exhausted because yeah. when they drive away and you go, Oh my gosh, there's nothing that can stop these guys. You know, they can drive up through the field. Um, Larson at Sonoma or whatever. He can do whatever strategy he wants. He can go the opposite of what you think you're supposed to do on stage breaks and still win, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, maybe, maybe it's that people are tired of the Hendrick domination specifically on road courses, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't, you're right about Chicagoland. You're right about Kentucky. I mean, what, what, what are the options there? Um, you know, last year, everybody, everybody seems to, I saw tweets that were saying, you know, man, I miss Daytona. This just doesn't feel right. Not being in Daytona. They weren't at Daytona last year. They were in no. Indianapolis and that, yeah. you know, like that was going to be the new, uh, 4th of July tradition or whatever. And that was like a one year, you know, people are like, nah, we're not doing this again. So, um, <laughs> I think Road America, like I said, I mean, the, when you can get somewhere that's that has camping, long weekend, uh, you know, people coming out to an enthusiastic part of the country, you know, it's 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 about you know barbecuing and and you know it seems like it's a really nice, beautiful area to be in, and, and it's a day race. You know, you're not yep. worried about taking people because, like, okay, let's 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 talk about Daytona for a minute, right? Because sure. had this been on July Fourth, they would not have run it on July 4th at Daytona. Remember like NBC would say, let's put it on July 3rd. We don't want to compete against. It was a Saturday night race. Right. It was a Saturday night race. Yep. So they would have put it, uh, last night instead of today. And, um, you know, we would have had a weather delay probably because it's Daytona and, and in uh, July. Right. Yeah. I saw, I think it was like 90% chance of rain or something. Somebody had sent me a forecast. So yeah, I mean, look, this is, uh, I think people might as well just get used to this. I, I don't I like see any it. point in complaining about it. <laughs> I don't either. And I, I think the over, I think the road course frustration is more about the fact that you're having one driver. And I know there's a lot of Chase Elliott fans, but you, you basically have one driver and one organization winning all of these races. And that's a little, you want to see a little more variety and everything. When we go back, when we went back, you know, you go back to Daytona road course in February 
and we had a great finish between Logano and Bell. People weren't lamenting too many road courses then. I mean, it just, it, it just, I think a lot depends on who wins and, and what unfolds in that race. And I think the fact that we're in this, amidst this this streak by Hendrick where they just seemingly can't lose unless it's a fuel mileage race. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it just, it, it's just like, okay, it's, it, it it feels inevitable when you turn on a race right now, like, okay, one of four Hendrick drivers is going to win this race. Which one? And, that, and that's, that's just frustration. I think, I, I think that's normal. Yeah. I, and you know, Chase is so, um, I mean, he obviously has the car working for him. He's obviously got a lot, a lot of opportunities too. Um, so you can't, you know, I can't just say, okay, he's third on the all-time list and, and not mention that there are m- many more road courses now than, you know, guys like Tony Stewart and, and Jeff Gordon got a chance to run. He, sure. he has more shots at it, but at the same time, I mean, he's, he's clearly uh, a special talent on road courses. I remember I asked, uh, Bill Elliott, I did an interview, uh, with him before the season. And I, I was like, what, well, you know, his, his upbringing was on short ovals, not road courses. Why, why is he a a good road course racer. And, um, Bill Elliott was like, I can't answer that because I don't have a clue. He said, he just figured it out. Once he figured it out, uh, that was it. So, you know, he, I think there's many more to come. Um, he's going to be the favorite for the next one. What is the next road course? Indy, Indy, couple, yeah. uh, beginning or middle of August. Yeah. So that's the next one. Um, oh, well, what? No, wait, when's Watkins Glen Watkins coming up? Gl- I'm Watkins sorry, Glen's coming up before Watkins that, right? Glenn. Yeah. Watkins Glen, then Indy. I apologize. So you've got Watkins Glen, Indy, and then you still have the Roval out there. Um, so yeah, there's he he may he may be the all time road course wins leader by the end of the season. It's crazy. Have we have I met have I asked you this before? I, I know I've discussed this before, but if if Chase Elliott keeps winning races, do you ever see him becoming not popular with fans, or is it just his overwhelming popularity is just going to be such that it's going to override the fact that he wins all the time because. Jimmy Johnson's got it. Jeff Gordon got it. Guys who win all the time, Kyle Busch, whoever, when they win a lot of races, they get booed. Do you see that ever happening with Chase? Well, I mean, it's the thing we just talked about with Larson, right? Um, but obviously Chase is a, a different circumstance because he's most popular driver. You know, I think when he gets out of the car and he says to the fans, hey, you know, thank you for being here. Thanks for spending your 4th of July with us. Um, I think a lot of fans you know, they, they want to hear that kind of stuff, right? They want to feel appreciated and they, people like that kind of stuff. When, you know, if, if you go to a concert even and, and the musician, uh, the artist personalizes it for you and says, you know, hello, Thank Nashville. You, yeah. I mean, and, and talks about like something they did in your city or whatever, you feel like a connection to them. And yeah. so, um, I think those are those are the kind of and it's not it's not any sort of grand gesture. It's it's certainly not like Chase Elliott has a huge personality or anything like that. It's it's in many ways the opposite. Um, but you know he's he's himself for sure. He doesn't try to be some anybody else. And people already liked him for who he was in the first place and his upbringing and uh, the Southern connection. And so I think as long as he just sort of maintains that. Um, you know, doesn't, doesn't really change who he is or anything, which I can't really foresee at this point. I think he'll have a large percentage of people who appreciate him. I mean, they might get tired of him winning, but, um, I still think, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition out there. I don't think he's going to be the kind of guys, but I mean, you look at who else is in the series. I mean, of course, right now, Hendrick is on, you know, on cloud nine and, and they're winning everything, but you know, that, that even brings competition from Larson, from Bowman, from Byron. And then once you have Gibbs and Penske, you know, sort of find their footing again. Of course, the new car will change everything. So 
I, I don't think he's ever going to be the kind of guy that, you know, year after year wins over and over and over. There's going to be more parity. So mm-hmm. I guess I, I don't, I don't see him getting to that point, maybe on road courses, but you know, I, I still think there's, there's a lot of things that can happen. So I, I think he's, he's in a good place for, for what he is already. That's fair. And I, I largely agree with you. And it's going to be interesting to see where his career goes. I, I look at his career. I look at his age. I look at the fact that he is incredibly talented. And to me, it's like, you almost want to say, how, how do you not win five races every single year? Now, obviously things happen. And we've said the same thing about Kyle Busch before. And you're going to have those years where you just have bad year, you know, Kyle Busch last year, for example, but it, it just feels like it's going to work. You know, for the next 10 years, it's like he should win no less than four or five races every single year. And you start adding it up and it's like, OK. And it, yeah, there's going to be years where Hendrick isn't very good, but he should still be over overcome that kind of like he did last year. Even, you know, Hendrick wasn't great organizational across the board, but he was still good enough to figure out how to win five races. Some of those came on road courses where maybe, you know, you don't necessarily have to rely on your, your team that much. But I, I just think that he is I think he is beginning really a stretch where you're going to look back and be like, wow, that was a hell of a run. Like this was a historic run. And I felt like this last year, I said, going into this year, I felt like Chase Elliott was going to have like this mega breakout season, you know, and kind of a Kevin Harvick type season. And I still believe that. And it's, it's just crazy to, to think that I almost think still believe he's going to have a mega breakout season with Larson on his team. This is only his second win of the year, both on road courses. And you're still thinking that he's going to, Take suddenly take all these wins from Larson or something. Uh, well, he he's 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 running second a lot of these races to Larson. Okay, so Larson steps back a little bit. Chase finds something. It's very conceivable. I mean, Larson's not unbeatable. Also, you just mentioned too. We got Indy, Watkins Glen, Roble. Those are three tracks that fit Chase Elliott's skill set. So he wins two of those three races. That's four wins right there. He's 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 obviously good to win other places as well. Why couldn't he end up with six seven wins? Uh, that seems realistic to me. That's not a breakout Harvick type. Harvick won nine races last year. You win yeah. seven races, you're in the realm of that Harvick type season. I, I don't think it's. I don't think. I think he is very close to doing what Kyle Larson has done. And if Kyle Larson wasn't around, Chase Elliott's winning a lot of those races. I think they <laughs> that's get, a, that's a big problem, isn't it, Jordan? Because it <laughs> Kyle it's Larson is very much around. But Elliott and that team are very good. Are good enough to beat them. I mean, it's not like Larson's just blowing these guys out of the water. I mean, there's some weeks where he looks really good, but Elliott is. You know, like I said, he's he's finishing second a lot of these weeks. He's running with these guys. Oh. I don't know about that. You you don't think Larson's blowing his own teammates out of the water a lot of times? I think there are occasions where Larson is blowing these guys out of water, but I think there are other races that Larson has won where Elliott has been right there with him. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's that's true, but that doesn't help you beat him. Uh, you're, you're talking, I mean, again, you're talking, you think he's going to get five more wins this year. Okay, but hang on a second. Okay. So Larson, Harvick last year had won nine races, right? Okay. So, and and Denny Hamlin won seven, so it's you. You still can have this great season that's you know breakout year when someone else is doing it as well. It's not like it's mutually exclusive where only one guy can do this. We saw there's this only last sixteen year. races left now. Yeah, you think he's going to win, uh, like a third of the races for the, for the rest of the season with Larson on his team? I think he's got a good chance to win a good chunk of them. Can we bet on this or something? We sure. don't have what, to bet money. What like what like what is it? I'd say like five and I like okay. No no. What I'll make this really easy on you. I, I won't right. even. I, we won't even put a number. From this point on, with sixteen races to go, who wins more races for the rest of the year, Larson or Elliott? You're taking Elliott. 
Really? I'll take Alex. Sure. What the hell? I'll take Alex. What, do you Why really not? believe that? Or are you just arguing so we can have something I, to argue no, about I on the think podcast? He's got a, I think he has a very good chance to do it. I, I don't think it's inconceivable to sit there and say, oh, it's so preposterous that he's not going to win. These. No, it's it's very conceivable he could do this. He won three of the last five races last year. And with his back against the wall, I, I, yes, it's very realistic he could beat Lars. Larson is not unbeatable. Well, clearly he hasn't won the last three races, even though he exactly. was going to win. Uh, he was going to win at Pocono after he passed Bowman. Um, you know, boy, boy, jump off the Larson bandwagon after he has two two races Done. in a row. Done. Done. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Elliott could have won Daytona 500. Like seriously, I mean that that caution comes out of could have. Yeah, could I'm just I'm looking you, at his you're season, going through but, the you, I can go on. okay all right I'm looking at Martinsville he finished second he's been in the mix all year he finished second at Charlotte second and I will say this at Sonoma when he finished second to Larson I will tell you this if that is not his teammate he races Kyle Larson differently Kyle Larson it doesn't win that race necessarily oh really I think so Larson who could pass like a fighter Elliot jet cut that him a day. break when Larson cut him off. You don't think he's a little bit more aggressive and tries to make, you know, is in, in, isn't a little bit more aggressive in that situation. And doesn't try to, you know, think, Hey, this is my, instead of saying, Hey, this is my teammate. I got to be smart here. I I think there's a lot of uh, what ifs in this, this segment. There's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of things that win not to win to have, you get wins. You're going to have to have things kind of fall your way. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm very, that, very confident. Gonna... I'm very confident Jordan okay. Bianchi that on July 4th, 2021, with 16 races to go in the NASCAR season, that Kyle Larson is going to win more races for the rest of the year than Chase Elliott, even with three road courses remaining. That's All that's right. how I feel. It's a it's a bet. I don't know what we're betting. I don't know but what we're wagering. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It's later. not a real bet if you don't put anything on it. Well, so. I'll let you figure it out. Okay. All right. Tweet us some suggestions of what the, the stakes <laughs> for this should be. We don't even have anything riding on the was it a good race poll, so except pride. I guess it's just pride. Um, I have no, yeah. How about other things than just Chase Elliott today? Uh, you know, obviously this was a, a positive day um, for Christopher Bell. He needed this. Yeah. You know, like it seemed like he was just sort of a, a forgotten driver after a while. He had really slid down in the points, so he uh, he needed a second place run like this. Kyle Busch, you know, he won the uh, Xfinity race. Uh, he was up there all day today. Um, finished third. No. Kurt Busch had a really key day um, in terms of the playoff bubble, if you want to talk about that, because, um, you know, it, he had just gotten past Chris Busher after really taking a huge chunk of the points um, situation away uh, and, and gotten himself back into playoff contention. Now he really blows it wide open, and now I think he's up 25 points. Uh, so that's, that's pretty significant that Kurt Busch has really just raced himself back into the into the playoff spot here and i think the big thing there too is it's not like you know there's some luck involved and bad things are happening to the 17 team it's that ganassi's got speed in their race cars it's kurt is going out there and finishing strong he's getting stage points he's won two stages over the last three races um this is a team on the upswing not just you know with luck and other factors but they're going out there and running well and putting themselves in position to get these finishes and it's not just it's not just Kurt either. Ross Chastain, another good top ten run today, where a, a good solid effort where he was in the top ten all day. He Pocono was not good for him. Ross's aggressiveness kind of bit him in the butt there, but he is really starting to put together things now where you're looking at this going, okay, maybe he's a player here as it come down the stretch. So I think it's really encouraging what Ganassi's at, especially with all the news this week with Justin Marks buying that team. 
And Kurt, with his name out there in the silly season, it's a good time to, to really be running well and, and to remind people that you you know you may be on the other side of 40, but you're, you're still a driver who can get it done. Yeah, and so Chris Busch is 25 back now. Chastain is 69 points behind Kurt Busch. I, I can't see Chastain outrunning his teammate by that much. Yeah, um, he's going to need some luck. You know, he's definitely coming on strong, but... Could he, he get a win? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There's a lot They're of, I mean, Nashville. you know, the whole, remember when everybody was winning all these multiple races this year, early in the season, or, you know, all these different multiple winners. I mean, yeah. not multiple races. <laughs> um, and there weren't multiple race winners. And it was like, remember Martin Truex Jr. Like won his third and everybody else yep. had one. And people were like, wow, yep. this is unbelievable. Um, I didn't, but yeah, you didn't. Well, no, I, I mean, under the discussion is like, oh, we're going to have more win- race winners in playoff spots. It's like, just stop. Like, oh, right. Right. Just, I agree with that. Okay. Stop. You did. That's true. Yes. And I agree. And I was with you on that, but now that, that just seems like such a distant conversation. The, the idea of other people winning these races who sure. haven't won yet this season, nobody's even really coming close at this point. And really, if you look at the last few weeks, um, even if it's not Larson, it's somebody else who has won a different race. Like mm-hmm. for instance, um, Kyle Busch, when he yeah. wins, it's his second of the year, Bowman, Alex Bowman. third of the yeah. year, Chase, Chase Elliott, Elliott, second of the year. So, yeah, I, I just, it's hard to picture, maybe it happens, but it's just hard to picture somebody else coming up right yeah. now, especially like a Chastain who hasn't, you know, really done it and hasn't really run top five consistently. Um, yeah. What I like about them, though, is the speed. They do have speed in their race cars. They're running in the top 10. He ran second at Nashville. So that is encouraging to me. And I still think we've got like one more surprise out there. I, I keep going back last year to last summer we had austin dillon winning at texas which was not something that no one really kind of foresaw it was a strategy call he got a great restart made it work and then cole custer getting the restart of his life at kentucky and going out there and beating truex harvick harvick and blaney on a restart and coming out of nowhere and won that race straight up i just feel like we've still got one more out there that that could pop up and surprise people so you know you're really running out of time though jordan like i i agree i i want to agree with you but I mean, when you look at like Atlanta's next week, that's not really a place for surprises. Typically, um, New Hampshire, you're going to have I just, yeah, I'm not ahead. trying to argue with you for the sake of arguing, but you say Atlanta's not a place of surprises. But the two races I just mentioned, Texas and Kentucky from last year, aren't typically places where you see surprises either. And we did have them. So you just don't sometimes know where these are going to materialize. OK, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but, you know, then you have uh, New Hampshire, Watkins Glen, Indy Road Course, Michigan. And of course, the regular season ends with Daytona, which is would be the prime candidate for some sort of surprise. But yeah, I just I don't know. I think it's I think the the top teams are being more and more established at this point. Um, they're trying to pick up playoff points. They're trying to add to their total as the summer goes on here. And um, especially, you know, if you're not if you don't drive for Hendrick Motorsports, I mean, Kyle Busch is the only non-Hendrick driver to win since Darlington on May 9th. Um, mm-hmm. So the last two months have been all Hendrick except for one time as part of a doubleheader. It's um, crazy. That was a few miles win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no so, disrespect, but that's... Yeah, that's right, right. He wasn't going to win. Good, right, but yeah. He was, but it still, it was, it was a few miles win, so, yeah. So, yeah, it's... uh. It's it's just uh, it's I I just have a hard time using my imagination at this point to picture other people <laughs> winning these races. Well, I'm just gonna throw a scenario out there. Like I look at Indy Road Course, and that's a race like Road America that the Cup Series has never raced on before. 
Chase Briscoe is really good in road course races. We saw that today. Good, solid run today, finishing the top 10. We're going to Indy Road Course. That's a racetrack that he won on the Xfinity Series last year and, and wowed people. You know, if I'm looking for like a long shot, yeah, that to here, me, here you go. Oh, I, oh. I knew you're okay because Jordan Bianchi, I was driving down the road. You were, you were uh, on Sirius XM satellite radio hosting, and you said that Austin Sindrick was going to win at Road America. I thought he had the chance to, and by the way, he was running in the top three. I was, first of all, hang on. You, you, let's let's recap here. I also said, my co-host Brad Gilly said that Chase Elliott had no chance. And I said, Chase Elliott has a really good chance to win this race. And I'm actually, he's my pick to win this race. And then I also said another, like kind of a long shot was Cinder. No, no. Yes. I said, Cindric has a re- Daniel show- Norwood, serious producers, pull the tape. I was driving down the road listening and you said all day from about this. <laughs> you said, no, I said, Austin, Austin Cindric is your pick. He's going to win this race. No, he, I yes. Okay. He, and he was running third and he was actually leading. Actually, take that. He was leading and just got passed when he had a mechanical failure. So it's not like I had some stupid thing where he got completely. When he got passed by noted broke. road course ace Matt De Benedetto, Who's, he was going to win the race. Matt's done, Matt's done well on road courses. This isn't, you know, Austin did good. I don't, he was leading the race. I, it's not like a stupid pick. His car See, broke down. This is why, as, as I was telling you, I texted you after you were on Sirius, and I said, I don't like listening to you on Sirius because I can't well, that's, argue that's with you. Kind of you. I can't argue with you live. I'm, you're coming through the radio one way. This podcast is beautiful because every time you say something and I go, oh, I'm just going to call him out on that, then we can argue right away on Sirius. call in next time. Well, Jeff from Denver on line one. Okay. I might I have to use a fake name and pretend I'm a <laughs> trucker or something. Anyway, um, but yeah, look, my point is in bringing up the Austin Cindric thing with the Chase Briscoe thing is that you have a very creative imagination and you're thinking, wow, this stuff could really happen. You hype yourself up. You're like, yeah, I could really see this happening. You know, oh, he's good. Yeah, I, I think they're good to the point where they could get a top 10 like Chase Briscoe did today and like Austin Cindric was probably going to today if he didn't have some problems. He was going to get a top 10, but to win the race, to win a cup race, that requires you beating Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch. That's really hard to do, Jordan. It's it's one thing to be like, hey, they can it's run well. It's hard to do. Yes, very good. It's hard. Yes. It's not easy. But these guys are talented. They're good road course racers. It's not like... Until they've done it, I can't say that... I can't really imagine it, I guess. So okay, I guess my, my, my brain doesn't go there. But that's that's fine. Okay. Um, Chase, uh, Chase Briscoe did have a good run today, so definitely want to mention him. I, I am, you know, see, here's, here's an example. I was tempted to pick Tyler Reddick today because he had won the pole at Coda. I thought yeah, he's sneaky, sneaky, but it wasn't a good pick because he ended up finishing eighth. He, he won a stage and he had a good car. He, just he won a stage because everybody paid out, <laughs> stayed out. Um, yeah. it was, it, again, it's a good, it's a good pick to run top 10, but not to win. That's, that's a whole different story. And that's the problem right now with NASCAR racing is that there's, it, there, there's a dominant group at the top of the field. And unless you can, you know, unless you're one of those top teams, top drivers on those top teams, it's very hard to do. So I hear what you're saying, but I would have said you going into Daytona road course this year, you would have thought if I would have said Christopher Bell, you would have scoffed and laughed at me. And right. Well, that was what's so special about the beginning of the season when you had so many, you know, interesting things going on. People were like, wow, maybe this is really going to be the best season ever. Hashtag Fox. You know, like 
this is this is wow, this is really something. And William Byron winning at Homestead, oh my gosh, you know, um, Blaney, you know, Larson when he was still new at winning, <laughs> winning Vegas, Blaney passing Larson at Atlanta, you know, in the final laps. And you're like, well, this is unbelievable. Oh my gosh, somebody difference winning every week. Michael McDowell. Oh, I can't. I didn't see it coming. But once things have settled out, anyway, I think we've beat this point to death. So. <laughs> People want to probably hear about something else. What else? Is there anything else from Road America uh, Cup race that you you want to chat about? How important? Are, we need qualifying anymore at all? Um, because I look at it today like Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott start in the back. They move. You know, it didn't really hinder them. I, I said this last year. I'll say it again. It doesn't really seem to serve a purpose. And I would almost rather have a full invert off of last week's results. Not do a top twenty like NASCAR's done, but like what, if you finish fortieth one week, you're starting a on the full pole. invert. So you're putting oh, like, yeah, Cody Shane where? <laughs> Excuse me. Would you not be enter- Would you not be entertained the first ten laps if you saw a Rick? We're no offense to Rick Ware Racing, God bless him, but if you saw Rick Ware Racing starting one two three, you would you would be like that first twenty laps of that race. You're like, oh, I can't wait for this. This is going to be good. No, I don't think you want to reward um, people. It's not a reward. You know, it's, 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 it is it's a, a reward to start up front. I, I like way. the top 20 invert, but to answer your question, since you did it, pose it as a question. Um, I do think qualifying matters. You look how exciting qualifying can be like in F1. I, I don't think, I don't really like qualifying on the same day as the race, but I think it's a good way to sort of build something up for the race the next day and say like, Hey, look, this is what's happening. This is a sort of little preview. Is this what we're going to see tomorrow? I mean, that was always what, they, you know, they wanted to get the in the Friday newspapers, um, and, and sort of build hype for the Cup race on Sunday, um, and say, hey, like let this is what's coming up this Sunday, and and you know we we have this going on, and check it out. Um, now, does it matter? That's a different thing because Chase Elliott, like you said, started pretty much in the back and Same ends up leading, he he ends up leading the most laps of the race, so it's not like he just got up there at the end. He, he led 24 laps out of the 62 laps um, and won by five, five seconds. And that was after a somewhat late-ish caution. Not late, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, I, I think, I think it's, it's important to have. I, I can't really side with you on the let's just do an invert. Now, I think double headers, if you want to do more of those, invert's great. But other than yeah. that, sorry, I think you need to have it. I, I understand what you said. I, mean, I agree for the fans at the track for, for the hype and kind of getting people into the race qualifying is, you know, an important thing to have, but I I just look at it. Like it's, it seems unnecessary. And there's a lot of discussions going on right now in the industry about qualifying for next year and what it's going to look like. And you hear, you know, there really isn't a plan right now. There's just kind of, they're kind of just honestly brainstorming ideas. And some of the things you're hearing, you're like, is is this really what we need? It, It just seems like, it's an overdrawn process. I like the group qualifying thing. I, I didn't have a problem with it when NASCAR went to it um, on ovals. I understand what happened at Fontana and everything. And that was frustrating and, you know, the draft and it, it complicates things, but I, I don't want to see single car qualifying to me. That doesn't do anything. Yeah. It goes quick because of the way they, they format everything. And that's fine. But if you're going to do it, if you want it to be like an F1 type thing and you want to have that excitement, you, you've got to have that group qualifying. And I, I, if you can figure out a way to do it, great. Otherwise I just, I don't know. I look at them like, Eh, whatever. Well, I, I think it, it definitely checks a box for content and it's definitely better sure. than watching the iRacing Pro Invitational series 
as a substitute for real on track activity. So I'm fine with it. Um, I, I really can't, I, I, as much as I'd love to side with you, Jordan, and love to agree with you on everything, um, <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> There's nothing you love more. I don't think in life than just like checking me and, and telling me I'm wrong. I mean, I do love my children and my oh, wife. I mean like professional reasons. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Well, aside from that, maybe you're right. Um, <laughs> Jordan, uh, there was other racing this week, but before we move on to that, we do need to address the, was it a good race poll? Because Winner. speaking of things that you really love, as you've expressed your, your pride uh, over this many times and how much you, you put into this and care about this, the, was it a good race poll? Jordan, you have I, just two weeks ago, I got the all time closest guess since Big Joe Wall 72 was keeping track of our guesses. I think I was only off by 0.4%. You then immediately turned around and only missed the Pocono poll by 0.1%. Nobody can get closer than that unless you get it exactly right on a perfect guess. You have tied the score overall this season, 10 to 10 on my super squad, although I do have a Slight three-point edge on the overall tiebreaker, but still, what a performance by you to have the pulse of the fans and only miss it by 0.1%. Unbelievable. I'm the voice of the fans. I'm the voice of the people. I mean, Chase Elliott may be the most popular driver, but obviously I understand what the people really want, and I understand how they're going to vote. It was an emotional week for me. I had a good cigar, sipped a good scotch, and celebrated. (laughs) This thing means so much to me, so much, great deal. Um, I, I wish I had the words to give it justice, but really, honestly, to knock you off after one week after holding that record, I got to be honest, it, it felt pretty good. <laughs> Are you going for uh, MPW, most popular writer? Uh, I would. I, there's no way I'd probably win that. But I mean, I should because obviously I'm the voice of the fans. So, <laughs> OK, OK, well, I'm think, glad you enjoyed your cigar Bob Pockers as, as the most popular writer. So. I'm glad you enjoyed your cigar and uh, your whiskey or whatever you said. You yes, had. scotch. Scotch, yeah. Um, so there was other racing this weekend, um, and uh, the IndyCar race, Joseph Newgarden, he finally, finally. – Oh, poor guy. I mean, it was like he's had the fastest car for a few weeks now, and uh, it seemed like he's in position over and over again. He finally closed the deal today in a dominant way. Nobody could catch it. Well, it all almost at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, Marcus yeah. Erickson, another lap that race turns out differently. I think. Yeah. But, uh, new garden is able to close it out. Is, do you think he's a player at all in the championship? He, he found the cusp. I mean, he, he, it's unfortunate because three straight races. Now he should have won, should have won Detroit two. should have won la- uh, last week at road America. And then obviously or two weeks ago at road America, I think. Um, and then today he's, what is he? I looked at the standings. He's, 40 some out is that right what is what is he out he's, he's right in the cusp where he needs a little bit of help but if he you know he, he runs well every week if he can not keep knocking these out and avoid that bad luck yeah um you know i always say you have to win a championship to lose a championship and right now the current points leader has never been in the championship mix and that is something that we're going to see how this hand how he handles this and, and alex blue and so far he's been good. He continues to run well, but at some point you start to feel the pressure a little bit. I, I go back to last year, Scott Dixon, the Iceman. He was in this points battle and he even admitted at times 
it, it got to him a little bit. So there, the guys who are in this, if you look at it, Dixon and Newgarden right now are the two guys I look at and say, they are absolutely players. They may not be at the top of the standings, but they are, they are the guys that I think at the end of the day are going to end up deciding this thing. Well, Newgarden's 69 points out still. So he's, he's got some work to do, but I agree with you in that um, Pelot and Award haven't been in the situation. And so it's a, it's a tall ask that they're just going to be able to consistently um, keep it up once pressure arrives, which I assume in, in either the form of Dixon or Newgarden, it's going to, at some point, once you look in, in your mirror in the standings and you're like, Oh, those guys are there and they've both won multiple titles and Oh, okay. This is, this is interesting. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. If they don't put pressure on, it's a different story, but, but I agree with you. Um, And especially Newgarden having won three straight polls. Now, uh, if, you know, if you bring fast cars every week, bad luck, you'll always be able to outrun bad luck eventually. So, and I'll say this, I look, I'm just looking at the standings now. Newgarden picked up 19 points today. I mean, that's, that's a good chunk. And so you keep doing that. You're going to, you're going to be in the mix and it's, you, you, you are not because of the issues he's had. You go back to the, the first lap spin at Barber this year. You look at the lost points at Detroit two and road America and all that. He has to be like flawless the rest of this way. Like you cannot, you, you your mulligans are gone, but he's certainly capable of doing this if anybody can. So I think that's, that's the scary thing. And that's why I just don't think you can discount him yet. Yeah. Well, and it's not like, yeah, it, I mean, just the fact that IndyCar doesn't have a super long season. I mean, they only have uh, six races left. So um, now one of those is double points, right? Mm-hmm. Only one. Uh, it's Long Beach. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, over in the F1 world, geez, Max Verstappen is just, whew, I don't know what's going on. Mercedes just has, it, it, again, it's just, it, it's like nobody can stop Max. All of a sudden, nobody can stop Red Bull. Lewis Hamilton's not even not even on the podium. Botas is finishing second and stuff. And you're just like, wow. I mean, this is, I don't know. It's it's going to be there's going to be a lot to happen at this point for for Stappen not to win the the championship. Um, Hamilton, as we saw this week, he's around for at least two more years. He might need it because right now, I mean, it <laughs> seems like Mercedes just moved on to next season or something. Or I I don't know. It's I really didn't see this coming, honestly, before the season. I, I mean, I did and I did. It's five straight wins right now for Red Bull that they've had for them or for stopping. Um, you know, going into the year, there was a lot of talk. Red Bull's closed the gap. They're right there. Can they, you know, it, it, it was it was expected to be a dog fight, but this is not a dog fight. This is a butt kicking. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and I think the biggest thing you can say is like we're stopping today. He led wire to wire. He led the most laps, won the pole, that set the fastest lap, won the race. He did everything. And it just you kind of shrug your shoulders and just say, oh, OK, you you expect that at this point, which is a huge compliment when you're going against Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. And it's crazy how this is just completely flipped. You're right about Mercedes. And, you know, Lewis Hamilton has been begging for upgrades this year. Mercedes has said, no, we're, we're focusing on next year. And they said this week that, yeah, they might do some things in the car, but it, it, it feels like it's almost like too little too late it, it, at the end of the day. Red Bull just looks sensational. They, they don't make mistakes. And Mercedes is kind of that bully who's never been punched, who's now getting punched in the mouth for the first time, and they don't know how to respond. And Are you speaking margin, from personal experience? Uh, I've, I've been punched in the face. I have punched in the face. I mean, you know, you're kids, you know. Kids do really? Stupid wow. Huh. Yeah. Um, Interesting. <laughs> so it looks like, though, like Mercedes, they had this margin of error because they were so, uh, they had such uh, supremacy 
where they made a mistake. It was like, okay, it didn't matter. We can overcome that. They can't do that now. Like you, you just can't. And it's costing them every single week. And it doesn't look like Red Bull is going to stumble anytime soon. And like you said, this is their cha- This is both their driver and constructors championships to lose. Well, here's the thing. The, the one I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I can't argue with any of that at all. However, if, if there is one potential silver lining, it is that, um, only 39% of the F1 season is complete. There's a lot of racing left to Absolutely. go, um, all the way till mid December this year, uh, December 12th is the final race. So there's a, there's a long time ahead. And you know, when I, I think you look at it and you go, okay, right now, uh, it's definitely a Red Bull world, but if you zoom out and look at the bigger picture, which everybody on Reddit is that that's what they're telling me to do in the crypto forums, because, uh, in Bitcoin and safe moon and all this stuff, when, when they look down and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. I'm, I'm, uh, my, my money's going down in crypto. I shouldn't have invested in crypto, but you zoom out and you look at the overall charts and they are up overall, but just this one portion you're in, it looks like it's going in a different direction. So perhaps if you zoom out and look at this it's a little blip in the season. Red Bull's hot right now. It looks like they're unbeatable, but uh, life experience tells us that sometimes it's not always that way. So perhaps uh, Mercedes can can come back. But you're right. I mean, at this point, um, they've got a lot of a lot of work to do, and I don't know if they're not really going to bring true upgrades. It's you know I, I can't really tell what they're reading between the lines what they're really doing, but. Um, Anyway, yeah, it's very interesting there. Um, did Fun you get season, to, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it, at least it's it's definitely interesting. Um, did you get to watch any of the SRX race at all uh, on Saturday night? Yeah, I watched IRP? a little bit. I watched uh, a little bit of it here and there, and I went back this morning and watched it some more. Um, my impression is is we talk a lot about the SRX series since these veteran, you know, the, the, these legends, these all, you know, these veterans who've done a lot of things, and we kind of overlooked the fact that this is an opportunity and we saw it at the guy the, at the first race of the year. Um, Doug and we're Kobe. seeing it. Yep. I always script his name. So I'm always afraid to say it, but he got, you know, he wins that race and he got a truck series deal and we're seeing, and I would, going into this, Ernie Francis is, he was the youngest kid out of, you know, out of all these guys, he was the youngest by far. And people are like, Oh, who is this guy? Does he really belong in here? It's like, well, if you look at his credentials, yes. And I was kind of curious of where he fit in on this. And what he could do if this was a platform for him to kind of get more exposure. And I think he's earned an opportunity for bigger things. He's dominated in Trams Am for years. He has shown an ability to do this. And you had a a great 12 questions with him this week. It's definitely worth checking out on theathletic.com. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's there's some doors open up for him. Like, you know, I mean, he he talked about it in your interview and that the next gen car is not that dissimilar from a Trans Am car in some respects. Is this is this an opportunity where somebody's going to look at him and say, "Hey, this is a kid we maybe need to get a shot to." And he, to him, to go out there last night and to beat these guys on an oval, and you can say what you want about the format, I don't care. He still went out there and did it and beat these guys. That's impressive, and and you tip your hat to him. And let's see if the doors open up for him now. Yeah, I mean, he's not an oval guy, and he's not a short track guy, and um, you know, he's shown himself to be. He's proven that he can run with them um, even on dirt, which he had, you know, no dirt experience and stuff. And, you know, for the 12 questions that, you know, he was saying, you know, he was in the drive for diversity program. Rev racing had him test some, some ovals, but uh, they only gave him a couple starts in races on road courses. And so he really didn't get a chance to prove himself. The schedules didn't line up. 
with the Trans Am stuff he was doing where he's a seven-time champion. So, um, you know, he's, he's like, like you said, he's only 23 years old. He still has NASCAR aspirations. He'd like to get a shot. He's hoping this opens doors. And I think when you can go to IRP and outrun some great short trackers, even if they're past their prime or whatever, I mean, um, on national TV, uh, continued restarts after cautions for, you know, going green for too long, stuff like that. People are taking shots at them. I mean, you've got Bobby Labonte on your inside for a late restart and, you know, you get it done. I mean, you know, he has poise. He's, he seems to be in control. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if an opportunity comes from this. So, um, interesting race, interesting names. You know, I, I like the, the different guys. I mean, you saw Tony Stewart win both of the, uh, the dirt races and stuff, but, um, I like, I like seeing all these, these mix of personalities, including Scott speed and Elio Castroneves, uh, yelling at each other or whatever after the race. So it's fun. SRX is just fun. I like it a lot. And I'm shocked that Scott speed would be involved in anything controversial. (laughs) (laughs) That's a personality we miss from NASCAR. It is. And I'll tell you what, they are going to a slinger speedway in a few weeks in Wisconsin. Next week, I think. Is it? Yeah, it is a gem of a racetrack. I, I can't speak enough about that. It's a super high bank, a third oval. I, I love the series. I love what they're doing. I, I hope they don't try to do too much in year two. And they just kind of realize like slow growth is a good thing and just kind of slow, steady growth. And I, I, I love it. I think it's a great summer, you know, summer viewing programming. They, they have found a niche in motorsports and I, I, I hope it continues and it, it does well for them. Cause I, I do think there's an opportunity for him to, for them to continue to uh, grow. Well, I'm not going to be watching that race next Saturday night, and that's because I'm going to be on a plane on Saturday night heading to see you, Jordan Bianchi, in Atlanta, Atlanta Woo-hoo. Motor Speedway, where we will be covering a race together for the first time since the Daytona 500. Can't wait right? to see you. Yes, first time I've seen you since Daytona. Uh, look forward to seeing you. And So I won't be able to maybe be as combative because you just said <laughs> you punched people in the face. Although you said you have gotten punched in the face yeah, yourself, so you've never been in a you never got into a fight as a kid, like as a like a young kid, you never got into a fight. Not a face punching fight. Oh wow, okay. Maybe like a hockey scrap kind of fight, you know? Oh okay. Not a punching or just pulling and pushing and in the face, like a you never got bam. punched in the face before, yeah. I don't think so. All right, I got no, punched I in like eighth grade by this kid. He was mad at me that I was talking to his girlfriend because she was flirting with me. Well, you are the ladies' man, huh? <laughs> I don't know about that. That I would never forget that though. I thought I broke. I thought I like lost a tooth or something, and I didn't. Oh. But she did feel bad for me though, and I got her number, so that was good. <laughs> Speaking of that, Jordan, um, you're you're not the uh, the most you, you you don't like outward shows of uh, romantic nature, from what oh I can God. tell. You're you're a little bit cynical in that. Um, right at the start of the race today, there was a proposal. Uh, which I thought was a, a nice, lovely moment. Um, you know, right on national TV there, they, they captured the proposal. They were so happy, this couple they at Road America. celebrated with a fan who wasn't wearing a shirt. Uh, I mean, I, okay, let me just say, if you're going to propose, it's this nice, romantic moment that you're always remember. It's an intimate moment between two people that are supposed to love each other forever, but will probably be divorced within 10 years. Um, oh, my God. And... Instead, you're doing it at a NASCAR race, at a sport, not even just a NASCAR race, a, a sporting event. And you, you see this all the time at NBA games or a, a Major League Baseball games. 
it's like, why would you do this, ruin this moment? Unless you have like this bond where like your team, this is your team, or you've got some cute little story about meeting at, at the game or something. Otherwise, have a romantic, intimate setting where you can truly express your love for that other person instead of this short little thing of, oh, by the way, the national anthem just ended and the flyover just came by. I'm going to quickly ask you to marry me really quick. Okay. And then this cool, this guy next to us, we have no idea who this guy is who's not wearing a shirt, he's going to come hug us. No, thank you. That's not what this is supposed to be about. Look, I mean, I I could kind of side with it on the big stage thing, like a game where all of a sudden, you know, they're on the scoreboard and they like the team was in on it and the girl's just like put on the spot. You know what I mean? And and she's like, and I always root for her to say no. (laughs) Jordan. Uh, but you know, they, these, they didn't even know they were on TV. It was just, they captured a nice moment and they even had the moment where the shirtless guy who you say he came in and he, he pointed, he's like, Hey, look over here. Look at the cameras this way. They end up both looking at the camera. They're together. And they're like, I bet they're going to have a screenshot forever. Like probably be their Twitter bio, like their Twitter, uh, head picture, whatever you call it. Where like they're they're both on NBC, you know, like yeah, we just got you know like somebody, you know, how how bad would it be to, if if you get engaged, you know, and and um, you don't have any. It would be really bad if I got engaged. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, uh, we could continue this conversation next week, of course, in person at Atlanta. Looking forward to that, and um, seeing what Atlanta has to offer because. First Atlanta race, yeah. Um, and as we talked about, will will, will Hendrick be caught? I don't yeah, know. That's the thing. That that's the that's the honestly. I'm honestly very excited for Atlanta in the sense that this is a, a mile and a half racetrack, and it's going to be a very good gauge to kind of see what we talked about last week on the podcast about the Hendrick cars and everything. And let's see where they're at. Let's see how Joe Gibbs Racing stacks up. Yep. Well, we'd love for you to subscribe to the Athletic, and of course, to do that, you can go to theathletic.com/slash. The teardown. Check out our work. We're doing our best. We're we've got more coming this summer, and uh, hopefully after the Atlanta weekend as well, um, we'll we'll have more stories for you. So check us out, and of course, even if you don't like us, you can check hey, out I all the other go. great sports. Are oh, you what? signing off? Yeah. Why? We didn't. You didn't do a prediction for the poll. How the hell did we not do my favorite segment of the show? We didn't give a <laughs> prediction. What the hell? How could you forget? Are you that bitter that you got beat last week in a record performance? Jordan, I just thought that you would want to go out with a that's point, fine. point I'm, one. I'm you don't off. want. That's fine. I'm like MJ hitting the shot against the, the Jazz in 98. Done. Here's the thing. you I, I can easily beat your record this week. <laughs> 0.1%, no problem. I can nail it. Give me the number. Give me the number. Well, Okay. I still can't believe you forgot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week, Jordan. It's been a long week. I'm, I'm moving, <laughs> you know, my, my brain is in two different, uh, living an apartment and a house and it's, it's split between the two. So anyway, yes, I, I'm glad you pointed that out that I, <laughs> I did. almost. Forget. <laughs> uh, anyway, boy, I don't know what's happening to me uh, anyway. I mean, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you pick because you went, right. you won, so you get to go first. Uh, sixty-six percent. I, I have no rhyme or reason. Just seems like a decent number. It was. This is a fine race. Perfectly acceptable. I think people vote that way. You said sixty-six. Sixty-six. 
56, 56? Six, six. Oh, that's six, what six. I thought. Okay, six, 66. Six, yep. All right. So I've got to, I've really got to, oh, I, I can't just, I can't just throw out a round number because I feel a pressure to <laughs> get you down to the decimal point here to, to try to defeat your record. So I'm summoning the, was it a good race poll gods? And what they are telling me is 68.4%. Of course. 68.4 is what just came to me in a vision. Sure. So that's what I think, I think will fun. happen. I, I thought about, I thought about dipping into the seventies, I, but I, you know, I just don't know. I, I, I it might be in the seventies. It's a chase win. It's, yeah, you know, you have no five fifty truthers on this or seven fifty truthers. It. Yeah. So like a 71, I don't know. I just, to me, when it, there's like a perfectly acceptable race, it's somewhere in like the mid to high sixties, somewhere in there. And so just, there you go. I'm really mad that you split the difference though. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you lose. You get to pick second. Anyway, so my official sign off now, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you in person next week on The Teardown.